What is going through Aaron O'Toole's mind this morning? What's happening in the headquarters of the Canadian Conservative Party? As they look at this new polling number, new polling numbers coming out from Abacus Data. Abacus Data? Yeah, Abacus, Abacus. Uh, the Liberals in 37%. The Conservatives, 25 The NDP, 20 The BQ, 7% nationally, 29% in Quebec, and the Green, 6 What's the key here? The Liberals lead the Conservatives 12 points, a dozen points nationally, 14 points here in the province of Ontario. And check this out. Check out this number. This one is enough to keep a Conservative up at night. 39% of those who describe themselves as being on the center if you said to yours, if I asked you, where do you put yourself in the political spectrum? And you'd say, right dead in the middle. I'm, I'm right dead in the middle. I think a lot of Canadians put themselves right there. Only 39% of those people who would describe themselves as that say that they would even consider voting conservative right now. And 20% who say, yeah, I'm on the, I'm on the right. I'm to the center right. 20% of those people say they wouldn't even vote conservative. Jamie Ellerton is a principal at Canaptus Public Relations and a political strategist. How scary is this, Jamie, for Conservatives? It's uh, probably a bit as to kind of be expected here, Alan. I'm not trying to downplay it, but uh, in the best of times, in kind of normal times, opposition leaders often find it a struggle to get their message across and find opportunities to stand out. And uh, we're not in normal times. We're in a pandemic and 15, 16 months into this thing, uh, unless it's like actually relating to people's immediate day-to-day lives and what they're trying to do, whether that's kids going to school, business closures, and that sort of thing, people are effectively tuning politicians of all stripes out. So it's really kind of hard for Aaron O'Toole to get noticed. So there's the old adage that campaigns matter, and there's tons of time for numbers to move. Uh, but in terms of pre-positioning and kind of having any narrative stick in and making some initial first impressions for Aaron O'Toole, it just appears to not be registering with Canadians. Yeah, it, but... But there's a lot of pundits that were saying that, that these numbers appear to be pretty baked in and that even if you got, you know, and, and I totally agree with you, the campaigns matter. We can, you know, we can call up campaigns of the past where incumbents go in uh, in the lead and then to squander it for whatever reason. But in this situation, you have Central Canada or at least, you know, the, the, the mushy middle, as I, I might call them, the, the, in Vote Rich, the GTA and, and in Vancouver, the, those areas who don't seem to be particularly interested in what the Conservatives are serving up. Yeah, and part of that is also a benefit of incumbency for the Liberals. If you look at the leaders of any party's ability to cut through, uh, having an amplifier effect that kind of gives you a multiplier of having local caucus members who can really carry your message directly to the doors, uh, Conservatives don't have that benefit in Ontario. Here in the GTA, there's just a small handful of ridings that have an incumbent Conservative MP, and so it just further makes it harder for their message to cut through. So I think if you look at kind of where Conservatives are at going into the summer, I know local campaigns are ramping up door-knocking activity now that COVID restrictions are done. They're still doing so safely and kind of taking a step back after they do the knock uh, to have that conversation. Uh, But they're trying to take the message to the door uh, directly. And in politics, there's often the debate in terms of how much of your platform do you release in advance versus save for the campaign? Uh, it, it appears that the Aaron O'Toole and his brain trust have made the strategic decision to hold stuff back until there is a campaign. It's not guaranteed there's going to be one, and so they don't want to uh, fire their shots too early. 
uh, and continue to try <laughs> to hold the government. Do you see the, tra- you see the train announcement, Jamie? There's an election. <laughs> Anytime there's a, a rail <laughs> announcement, there's an election. No, I, I totally uh, agree with you, Alan, but uh, I think we've been on constant election watch. We thought it was going to be in the spring. It wasn't. Now looking like it could be the summer. We'll see. Like, there's so many other factors that uh, go into that. But undoubtedly, uh, what the numbers show is that conservatives have uh, their work cut out for them. Kind of the play it safe and kind of incremental approach uh, clearly uh, isn't working. And so when they do come out uh, and have more to offer, it's going to have to be substantial stuff that gets people talking and reframes the debate. Because if the debate's not reframed and it's kind of just a referendum on Justin Trudeau, uh, people aren't enamored with what the government's been doing. But it's like kind of like in that line with the mushy middle is like, it's okay. It could have been better. It could have been worse. We're through it. Uh, and that kind of framing will definitely favor the prime minister. Yeah, and and I, I, I think that, you know, the, the demonization of Trudeau himself, and I, I really think that there's going to be a lot of liberal voters whenever the election happens next that are going to say, I don't like Justin Trudeau, but, you know, it's going to get a lot of that. I mean, Trudeau himself is uh, kind of a lightning rod. He's divisive, but for, for, those that might be looking at the conservatives, I think part of the problem is that to win the conservative leadership, we see you have to kind of pander, and that we've seen this even in Ontario, you kind of have to pander to kind of the fringe on the right to be able to get over the top to win the leadership. And then, you know, what what O'Toole is trying to do now is move his party back to the center, and, and that alienates those who initially supported them. And then he, he's kind of in, in a catch-22, is he not? That's definitely, I think, part of the challenges at play here, which is why he's going to need to take some swing for the fences and actually have some big, bold policy and framing that's going to get people talking. If panels and radio media discussions like this, Alan, have us discussing the horse race and the dynamics of what they're doing, it means there's not enough substance to kind of really excite people. We should be debating the merits of a big policy that's potentially going to change Canada as opposed to just tinkering at the margins. Like if you go from $100 for childcare, direct checks to $200, like, is that enough? Yeah, probably not. Uh, so you really have to kind of look at how you're going to excite people about your campaign and uh, also kind of give it the contrast. So I think if you look at what conservatives have done, they spent all winter talking rightly about uh, the lack of vaccines in the country. But from a broader narrative standpoint, all the vaccines are here. People, anyone who's wanted a first dose effectively could have gotten one by now. Second doses are very quickly climbing across the country. And so after having spent the past five months talking about the vaccine issue, people don't attribute Canada's uh, vaccine supply uh, to opposition holding the government's feet to the fire. The the government just finally finally got it done. And so there's kind of like a bit of a catch-22 there in trying to focus so much of your effort on holding the government to account on a day-to-day basis that it robs you the opportunity of building your own narrative and uh, rapport with voters directly. Yeah, but then and then you get the whole thing of the Great Reset stuff. And, you know, just that, I think that just turns off that mushy middle. Yeah, which is why I think you're going to see the Conservatives try and talk about the importance of securing jobs for all Canadians and to ultimately get the economy on a, on a sustainable track. You already heard uh, Aaron O'Toole when he spoke to his caucus uh, right before Parliament rose for the summer. Uh, his framing was you essentially have two choices in the election, the Conservatives or one of the other parties who all stand for the same thing, and that he kind of talked about the need to get the economy going, make sure there's jobs for all Canadians, and to bring kind of hope and opportunity uh, back to where it feels rather desolate uh, these days. And as a general frame, that's probably a good place to start, but more people need to hear it. And it needs to have real substance behind it, uh, as opposed to just being a theme so that people can believe it and start to, when they hear specifics and they hear the impact it's going to make on their lives, it gets people nodding and it starts to build up that credibility in the minds of voters. Jamie, great talking with you. I appreciate your perspective on all this stuff. Uh, Be well. Pleasure as always, Alan. Cheers. That is Jamie Ellerton.
who is a political strategist and a principal at Canaptus uh, Public Relations.